Rabbi Yudin is live from Israel, I'm proud to say. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody, and good afternoon, because it is uh, 3.25 in the afternoon here in Ramat Shemesh. It's sunny. It's beautiful here at home. And as I always begin, whenever I have the privilege of um, giving this program from Eretz Yisrael, you know what I'm going to say, but I see it, and I believe it, and I mean it. We are privileged to have Shabbos in the States. We don't have Arab Shabbos. Sure, in the homes, it's busy. But the hustle and bustle of outside, that the streets of Ramat Shemesh, Beit Shemesh, wherever you go, you see Shabbos. That's Baruch Hashem, what it means to be home in Eretz Yisrael. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parashas. It happens to be an exceedingly emotional parsha. It is the parsha where Yosef uh, identifies himself and reunites with his brothers, his brothers in general, his brother Binyamin specifically. Father and son are brought together. And as we shall see, these moments are the fulfillment of Rabos Machshavos Plevish, as we say every morning in our davening, many and varied are the thoughts of man. Patsas Hashem, he the will of God, the design of God, that will take place. God is not just the bore. He's not just the creator. Why do we read Pasha's Vayigash? What do we get? Which mitzvah? There's no mitzvah putting mezuzah on your door. There's no mitzvah tikkus or Shabbos or Kashris. Why do we read Pasha's Vayigash? There are so many powerful lessons that we need to learn, including Hashkacha Pratis. That is literally God's personal involvement in the lives of Klal Yisrael, in general, Bechlau, and in each individual, Bifrat. So I'd like to begin, first of all, with an interesting idea. It wasn't that long ago that we celebrated the altar of Hanukkah, and the B'nai Yisachar notes that the four letters on the dreidel are not only Nun Gimel, Shin Hey or Hey Shin, and an Eretz Yisrael Po, but rather it also spells Goshna, referring to Goshen, which is the city that Yaakov chose for his family to live when they went into Mitzrayim. Yaakov wanted a strong, cohesive Jewish community with its own resources and educational system enabling survival for the Jew in exile. This was the first one. And we learn from Yaakov that throughout the exiles, what maintains us and keeps us going is that powerful pasuk found in the beginning of Shishi, that's Yehuda, Shalach Lefana, before he's down and coming into Egypt. He hasn't seen Yosef in 22 years. Family needs food. 
There's so many things. If you have a to-do list, what is at the top of the list? Look at Yaakov's top of the list. He sends Yehuda before him, or Yosef, the Holos, the fun of Goshna. And Rashi says, what does that mean? <clears throat> the Holos, the fun of Goshna. It is, the Sakin says, Rashi, lo, based Talmud, Shemisham, Tetzei, Hora. That there be a yeshiva, that the children, grandchildren, will have a place to grow, even in the Gullahs. Now, this Sunday, as Nachum mentioned, is the fast of Asura B'Teves, the 10th of Teves. We're taught in the second book of Malachim that in chapter 25, beginning of the chapter, in the ninth year of the reign of King Tzidkiyahu, on the 10th day of the 10th month, the Vuchadnezar, the king of Babel, put a siege around Jerusalem. This marked the beginning of the end of the first based on Bingdash. Now the prophet Yechezkel, in chapter 24, at the beginning of the chapter, was in Babel at the time, and without CNN or any other way to be informed, he told the people in Babel, record this date, this exact day, for this very day, the king of Babel has laid siege to Yerushalayim. And he uses the term, Be'etzem Hayom Hazer. Now, interestingly, the Avudraham, Rishon, is quoted by the Beis Yosef at the beginning of Hilchos Tanis, and who says the following, that were the fast of Asar Teteves to fall, on a Shabbos, we would fast on Shabbos. And the reason the Abu Draham gives is that since the Navi used the words on this very day, and this term is found in Vayikra in conjunction with Yom Kippur, just as by Yom Kippur we fast on a Shabbos, if Yom Kippur is a Shabbos, so too, regarding Asar B'Teves, were it to fall on a Shabbos. Now, our calendar has been made in such a way that while this fast can occur on a Friday, and it's the only time we ever do fast on a Friday, it cannot fall on a Shabbos. But the very fact that the Abu Jaham says we would is something that excites many of the commentaries. And so... The Minchas Chinuch in Mitzvah Shin Aleph, interestingly, suggests a reason why we would fast on a Shabbos. He says the Navi Zechariah in chapter 8 speaks about the four fast days that we have aside from Yom Kippur, which is from the Torah, but the four fast days which come from the prophets, and they are Tzomaravii, which is the fast of the fourth month, Shavasabatamus, Tzom Hamishi, the fast of the fifth month, which is Tisha B'Av, Tzom Hashvii, the fast of the seventh month, which is Tzom Gedalia, and Tzom Hashvii, the fast of the tenth month, which is this Sunday, Sarbati base. So he notes the 
Minchas Chinuch, that the first three are called simply the fast of the month. Therefore, if it falls on a Shabbos, we would not fast on that day because technically speaking, you can fast any day in the month or any day close to it. But here, since this day was identified by the Navi Yecheskel, that would be an additional reason for fasting on Shabbos. Finally, the Chassam Sofer, in his commentary on the Slichos for Asar Beteves, quotes a source, an old source, the Sefer Karnayim, a Kabbalistic Sefer, which says that every year on Asar Beteves, Hashem convenes his heavenly court to decide whether the Beis Hamikdash would be rebuilt this year. Now listen carefully to this Chassam Sofer. He points out that if somebody fasts on their yard site, they would not fast if their yard site falls on a Shabbos. Why? Because that's a veilus Yishana. That's an old morning. However, if somebody has a most disturbing dream on Friday night, the halacha says they could fast on Shabbos. Why? Because that's a current crisis, an Avelus Chadosha. It's a current crisis, and to him, not eating on that Shabbos would be a kind of therapeutic means of dealing with his horrific dream. So continues the Hassan Sofer. If a Sarabatavis were to fall on a Shabbos, we would fast even on Shabbos. Why? Because it is a current crisis. Right now, on this day, happens to be this Sunday, they're going to be deciding upstairs, will the third base of Nidash be rebuilt? Oh my goodness. We've got to pay attention to davening this Sunday morning. We've got to pay attention to the smichos. We've got to pay attention to the reading of Ayachal in the uh, morning and in the afternoon by Mincha and in the Haftorah by Mincha. The day takes on a different kind of meaning. And if you look in the parsha and you see in chapter 45, Pasuk 14, and contrasted to 15. In Pasuk 15, the Torah simply says that Joseph, Joseph kissed his brothers, all of them, and he cried on them with them. However, in the prior Pasuk, Pasuk Yedalid, he fell, Yosef, on the necks of his brother Benjamin, and he cried. The rabbis tell us on both sides of the neck that he cried. And Benjamin cried on his neck. What's going on here? So Rashi says, and we know from the seventh chapter of Shira Shirin, that the neck reminds us of the Beis Hamintosh. Yosef cried not only because of the emotionally charged moment, 
seeing his brother who he hasn't seen for 22 years. But Yosef and Binyamin each realize that as they are starting, not only as individuals, but as part of a Jewish people, the first exile, ay ay ay, there are going to be future exiles, and there's going to be in the future Bate Mintash, the first and second base of Mintash, which will be destroyed. And they cried over their destruction of these two Bate Mintash. We are to cry and plead and beg and dive in this Sunday, Shayabada base Hamidash. Those words, which are so powerful, which come from the Mishnah in Avos, those words with which we conclude every single Shemona Esrei during the week and Shabbos, every Shemona Esrei, say it with Kavana, Sheyabadeh, that the third Beis HaBindosh should, please God, be rebuilt very speedily and quickly in our time. And just as one is privileged to see in Eretz Yisrael that the land is blooming and blossoming and welcoming Jews from all over the world, we want the Shekhinah to come back to his home. And therefore, I'm just going to make one very important suggestion, and that is as follows. The Gemara tells us in Megillah 29a that the Navi Yechezkel in chapter 11 of Yechezkel tells the Jewish people, therefore, Hashem says, that though you're going to be dispersed among the nations, he lahem the Mikdosh Ma'at, right? Though you're going to be far away, still, I have been for them and will be for them a small sanctuary in the lands where they are living. Which means that even in the darkest exile, the Jew can find Shekhinah in the Mikdosh Ma'at, their synagogue and their study halls. Now, the Bach, in his commentary on Hilchos Hanukkah says, one of the reasons that we lost the base of Bindash is because this Ba'avoda, they did not properly honor and revere the base of Bindash, and for that reason they lost it. And therefore I believe that the upshot and lesson is most charging for us, that therefore in order for us to ask and petition the return of the Beisab Bindash, we have to demonstrate our appreciation and our respect for the Bindash Ma'at, for the synagogue, for the Beisab Medrash. Now, what does that mean? It means that the Shulchanak says, I have to tell you, in Orachayim 151, that one is not to speak to Varim small talk in Shul. But, now listen carefully now. Not only can't you speak during davening? The Shulchanach is speaking about, come on, after davening, before davening, one should realize, wow, the privilege of being in God's small home. That's what it is. And therefore, the many Rabbanim over the years refused even to perform 
a marriage ceremony in the shul because of the sanctity of the base Akinesis. And therefore, I strongly recommend that just as many people have the practice of knocking on their doors before they enter their own house, not to startle the people inside, but more important, to pause for a moment and to reflect upon the privilege of entering one's home and not bringing any negativity of the day into the home. Similarly, before one enters the sanctuary, they should pause and say, Matovu, how privileged I am to enter your sanctuary. And therefore I pray that if we show appreciation for the small mikdash of what we have, that will be a big step for us to please God, get the big and real thing. Shabbat Shalom to all.